Welcome, everyone, and uh, I hope that you are having a blessed morning so far. I hope that uh, it will continue to be blessed. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world around us, uh, brokenness and messiness. It was great to have some laughter this morning with Andrew and Sarah, and uh, thank you for that, guys. It was good. It was good to, to see that. Uh, we need our hearts cheered up sometimes. Um, we need encouragement, don't we? In the midst of the brokenness, you know, the things that are going down in, in south of us, you know, things that are going on around us, it just seems like it's just one thing after another, and the world is so broken, and the reality of that is so true more and more as, we go, as the days go by. We need something to lift our spirits. We need something to encourage us. We need something to give us hope. And I'm hoping today, I'm hoping today that... At the, by the end of this message, that you will not only be encouraged yourself, but you will have a heart to desire to encourage others. Today, we're going to learn about what it truly means to encourage. Um, some may be uh, thinking differently than what we're about to talk about here. But I'm hoping today that uh, you will find a blessing in today's message and um, it's my joy and my privilege and my honor to serve our Lord Jesus Christ in sharing this truth with you. I am excited about it. I'm excited about um, just, uh, just the honor and the privilege to come to you today in your living rooms or wherever you're at this morning. Thank you for joining us. Stick with us. I believe that there's something in here for everyone today. So, um, so be encouraged. Be encouraged. You know, um, as a young man, as a, a boy, um, I remember uh, field day. I don't know, this is usually where we, if we were face-to-face, -face, I'd be able to ask you, do they have, still have field day? Um, it, was, it was one day of the year that kids looked forward to at school where we had these, uh, this physical competition. Now, I guess all kids probably didn't look forward to a physical competition, but um, some of us did. We got outdoors. We got to play games. We got to, to win ribbons. They had things like uh, three-legged race and the high jump and, and uh, tug-of-war, <laughs> things like that. And uh, there's one specific year that I remember that really stands out to me, and, and you'll see why in a moment, because uh, I remember being... At the tug of war. Now, I, I, I don't remember a lot about those days. I remember that we had them, but there was one specific time, and I was I was on the tug of war, and because I'm, um, to use a friendly word, I'm husky, <laughs> and I'm strong, I was the anchor, the, the end of the end of the rope, and we were at the tug of war game, and in the other team was winning. <laughs> I remember that specifically. We were being pulled towards the line. And I was, oh, you, you know you're going there, but you're just not there yet, you know? You're, you're feeling defeated, but you're not really defeated yet. And, but something changed. I heard this voice come from the crowd. And I'm just not God. Um, it, was my, it, it was my earthly father. Now, the thing about it is I wasn't expecting it because my father really rarely showed up to anything that I ever did like this. And, and so it kind of caught me off guard. But here I am pulling. I'm pulling and the team is pulling and we're losing. And then I hear this voice from the crowd that really surprised me. Pull, Douglas, pull, pull. And forgive me if I get a little emotional about this because it really stuck in my heart. Pull, Douglas. I, I want to tell you something. 
Because of, the, uh, of that, those words coming from someone who I'd, I deeply admired, who, who rarely I heard, I, 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 was, I was shocked. And I know that the tug of war is a team effort. I know that. And I know you win by how much the team puts into it and how much they work together. But I, but I can't help but think that day that those words hollering at me caused me to, to turn around in the direction that I wanted to go. And I dug my feet in. And I had this determination that not only was the opposing team coming with me, but my team was coming whether they wanted to or not. We won that day. We won that day. I don't take the credit, but I'll tell you one thing. I believe that those words of encouragement, those words uh, hollering to me, telling me to pull, to keep going, to go, give me uh, an extra strength within me to help me go in the direction I was supposed to go in. And we won that day. And I tell you that because that's exactly what encouragement does. You know that? That's what encouragement does. You know, the Greek word for encouragement, the the Greek word means to come alongside of or to strengthen or to urge one on. That's what what the word translated in in, in the Bible often is, is, means. It means to, to come alongside of, to strengthen, to urge one on. To encourage, to, to help them get to where they're going. That's what encouragement means. And we all need a little of that, don't we? Before I read scripture this morning, I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read 24 and 25 to start out today. But I want to pray with you. Let's pray about what's going on around the world as well. And, and just ask for God's peace. Join me in prayer, will you? Father God... Lord, I'd just like to take a moment to reflect. To reflect on this world and what's going on around us and how broken people's lives are. Lord, people are scared. People are angry. People are hurt. People are suffering. Not just with what's going on with the racism and the accusations and the divisions and the violence and even the looting. Not not with that, not just with that, but all the other things that have gone on in our days, gone by, the shooting here, this local, the, the COVID, and all the other personal things, God. There's so much brokenness in this world, Lord. We just really need a sense of hope, some, some light at the end of the tunnel. We need something that says there's, there's a better days ahead. There's something further on, and that we want to get there. We need something, God. So, Lord, I, I, I know that, that you encourage us often, and I know that you desire for us to push on, to persevere. I know that you have a goal in mind. And, Lord, today I pray that you will help us to see that goal. You'll help us to be encouraged. You'll help us be inspired to encourage one another. God, that you would do a work here today by your spirit, by the power of your word and your spirit, God, that you would use this servant, this broken servant, this servant that has nothing in and of himself to to offer, but knowing that as I speak your words and your truths, God, that you can use them to change lives. You can use them to give hope. And Lord, I pray that you would do that in the midst of the brokenness of this world. 
I pray that you would do that for those who are in the church and those who are outside the church. I pray that today, God, that you would do a mighty work, changing lives and encouraging people to push on, to persevere, revealing to them where the goal is and what it is that you call them to. And God, show them, show them your presence. Show us your power. Show us your love, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. I know that's hard to do, but we are meeting together, you know that. But encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Those words are powerful. I want you to recognize two words within that. I want you to take note of two words within that passage, first of all. I recognize, uh, the, the, uh, recognize that to spur one another on and encouraging. You know, the, the encouragement out of genuine love means something specific. It is specifically for the other person. We talked about this the other week. I, I titled this message kind of to kind of encourage you this week because last week I talked about speaking uh, the truth in love and how important it is for us to say the hard things and, and hear the hard things sometimes and how important it is for our, our spiritual growth and how important it is for us to, to be right with God, to hear those truths sometimes, even if we don't want to. But this week, I want you to understand something, that there is another aspect, another side, another side to speaking the truth in love, and it is called encouragement. And as we come alongside of one another, we, wrote, we root one another on, we, we call to one another, we say, come on, come on, come on. This is not the end. We have hope, we have light, we have a redeemer who lives. And so when we encourage one another, we're looking at one another and we're saying, I am here beside you. I am here beside you. You know, the, 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 the what, what do you call it? The, the word, the prefix of the word in the Greek for spur and encourage is actually the same. The words are not the same, but the, the prefix is the same. It's to mean to come alongside, to be beside, to to be near, to be near. There's an idea of encouragement is to be near, to show genuine love for the other person. Now, this is contrary to what often we refer to as encouragement or what we can refer to as encouragement and that's flattery flattery is not encouragement flattery is making one think highly of themselves and that's not encouragement flattery is have has a center motive of of self and saying you are great but that's not the bible that's not the gospel that's not what it teaches encouragement does not do that biblical encouragement does not lift you up it lifts up the person of jesus christ it lifts up god and says he is great he is mighty he is the one 
That's what encouragement does. Beyond this world, we see the brokenness in this world. We see the, the devastation in this world. We see it happen over and over and over and over again. We need something that's more powerful than those things. We need something mightier than those things. And as we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have one who is mightier than the things of this world that are broken and messed up. He is the one who calls us forward. He calls us to persevere. He calls us in, out of the darkness into the light. That's encouragement. And that's what we need to be focusing on when we are encouraging one another. Strengthen someone to press on. Strengthen one to persevere. You know, that's why I use that, that, the story of me tugging on that rope and pulling on that rope. We were together. We were together. But when I heard this voice, when I heard this voice, my earthly father calling out to me, I was encouraged. I had the strength that I didn't even know I had. I turned around and I started heading in the right direction. And that's what God says to us. You know what? God wants to encourage you. Our heavenly father calls you. He's calling you to persevere. He's calling you to to. To turn around and go in the right direction. He's calling you out and he's saying, listen, I am your strength. I want to be there for you. Genuine, true encouragement says that you matter to God. And it assures us that God loves us. That's genuine Christian encouragement. You matter to God and God loves you. You matter to God and God loves you. That's as much building up as you need. <laughs> when you know that you are loved by God and God has a purpose for you and he has a calling for you and he has a heavenly home waiting for you, you can be encouraged in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the sorrow. The need for encouragement and, and the idea of encouragement also reveals our need for one another. And it reveals our need for one another. When we practice encouragement, get this. When you practice encouragement, you practice godliness. <laughs> because God is a great encourager. God himself never stops encouraging. You know that? He never stops encouraging. Romans 15.5. If you want to turn your Bibles there. Romans 15.5. May the God who gives endurance and encouraging you and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify God, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so, so the same attitude as Christ Jesus, that we may with one mind, with one heart, that... that that gives us endurance and encouragement. Now, I, I want you to take notice of that because we want to endure, right? We want to push on, right? And sometimes we feel like giving up and sometimes we feel weak and sometimes we feel broken and sometimes we don't feel like going on. But all, all God has designed it in such a way that the body of Christ, those who are beside us, come alongside us and, he says, and they say, come on. Let's go. Let's go. We have a goal to reach. We have a place to go. We, have an, we, we need to, to endure. We need to push on. This is what encouragement does. It causes you to endure the hardships of life, and it causes you to push on to the eternal hope that is yours in Christ Jesus. It causes you to push on. That's what it's all about. 
It causes you to push out. I, you know, I've, I, I've, I've had the times in my life, you know, I talked last week about those specific people to speak hard truths into my life and how much it has blessed me and, and everything. But there are people that specifically also gifted to encourage. They have a gift of encouragement. Not everyone has the gift of encouragement, but we're all called to encourage. And this has put a hunger in my thirst to, in my heart to encourage you. This is why I want you to understand this message. This message is not a, a message of condemnation. Jesus didn't bring a message of condemnation. He brought a message of hope in the, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of pain. He brought a brokenness in the midst of a world that's falling apart. He brought, he brought a message of hope. And that is the encouragement that we look to when we are in the midst of the storm. When we look at life and we understand that, that life has nothing great in and of itself except for the eternal life of Jesus Christ when he died upon the cross for our sins. That is the hope. That is the encouragement that we need. Each and every one of us, believers and non-believers, that you need this hope. You need this encouragement to push on. You need to grab a hold of who Jesus is. You need to grab a hold of what he paid for for you. You need to grab a hold of that and keep going and push on. In, in, in this verse, in this passage in Romans 15, 5, it says, it says for, for his glory. That's why. For his glory. A voice, one voice that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been made. Now, if you if you were listening here and, and, you, and you're just really not grasping what I'm talking about, we've been made to give God glory. We've been made for his purposes. And, and you may be unsatisfied. I heard Dennis tell a devotion this week. He talked about the brokenness and he, he talked about the, those holes in your heart, those places that are empty. And, and, and you know, when we, when we look at that, when you look at those brokenness and those holes in your heart, you long for something to fill it. You long for peace. You long and hunger for it. And God says, God says, I am here. I am here rooting you on, saying, come on, come on. Trust in my son, believe in him, and persevere because you are mine. You are mine and you belong to me. We do not often recognize encouragement we do not recognize the importance of it, but it causes us to persevere. Now, now I want to go back to the, the, uh, the, the thought process of worldly, what we call worldly encouragement, which is really flattery or, or um, compliments. Now, there's nothing wrong with complimenting someone. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that biblical encouragement says you are weak. Flattery says you are strong. Biblical encouragement says you don't have what it takes. Or you, but, but flattery says you can do this on your own. Flattery is not of God. It is, it is encouragement, biblical encouragement that says, yeah, you're weak. Yeah, you're broken. Yeah, you're messed up. And yeah, you need me. But I am your strength. I will be your strength. I will be your rock. We, we often don't recognize it, but... Encouragement is fuel, is fuel. And we need to be, I've been so, as I did this study and thinking about this, we need to be encouragers. It's so important in our lives to be encouragers as a church. We keep one another going. We're reminding them of the truths of God. You know, there's, uh, we often use scripture, right? I mean, that's the, that's the ultimate way to encourage one another to use scriptures, and I just want to point out some Old Testament scriptures that we often remember. How about Joshua 1.9? Many Christians, maybe if you're not a Christian and you're not in the church, you don't really 
I know this. Maybe you've heard it. I don't know. Joshua 1, 1, 9 is a most is a very popular verse. Listen to this. Have I not commanded you? This come from God to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, why do we find that so encouraging? You know, Joshua was here. He was, he was ready to go to the promised land. But there was opposition and it was scary. It caused many to turn away. It caused many to feel defeated. It's caused many not to persevere for the promises of God. But God says, I promise you. I promise you, Joshua. I promise you, and that's enough. I know it, does, it looks scary. I know it is hard. But I know that you need to trust me, God says. You need to trust me all because I promise you. All because I promise you. That is why, or should be why, we find that message or that passage is encouraging. Because as we walk in this world, we'll face many things in life that, that cause us to want to fall back, that cause us to want to be stagnant, that cause us to want to be broken. But God says, I promised you. I promised you an eternal life. I promised you a relationship with me. I promised you that you would, be, be, would overcome. I promised you that I would provide a redeemer, and he has paid your price, the sin debt in full. I have won the battle, and I need you to push on. I need you to be strong, and I need you to be courageous because I am with you. That is the promise of Joshua 119, and that is why, we, why we, we are encouraged by that scripture, that Old Testament scripture. We are encouraged because of God and who he is. We're encouraged because of what he promises us, and the victory has already been won. Well, how about this one? This is a little bit of a longer text, Isaiah 40. You know where I'm going with this? Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Do you know, have you not heard, the Lord is, uh, the, Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young, young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This promise, these promises, this encouraging scripture that we often hear quoted is not a promise for the strong, for those who think they've got it together, to those to be strong and I can get through this. It's not that at all. This promise is for the weak. God is saying, I need you to recognize that you can't do this. I need you to recognize that you're weak and sinful. I need you to recognize that you have not the strength in and of yourself. But if you put your hope in the Lord, that's, that's the key, right? Hope in him. He says, I got this. But if you continue on the path where you think you've got it together, where you think you're going to get, get through this on your own, you are mistaken and you will find yourself defeated. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. God says, I want to encourage you. This is what he does in his word over and over and over and over again. You read scriptures. I could have, I could have quoted many scriptures today that talk about God encouraging us. He encourages us because he loves us. He encourages us because he, he, he 
He died for us, encourages us because we have an eternal home waiting for us. It encourages us because that is what Christianity is all about, about faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and our reconciliation to God our Father and the hope of eternal life that's beyond this world and is not wrapped up in the circumstances of the brokenness of this sinful life. And what we need to do right now is we need to encourage one another to push on, to persevere, and to encourage those who do not know Jesus Christ to know God and know his love for them because that's what it's all about it's about encouragement encouragement is so much an important aspect of our life to push on in fact the way to minister is through the scriptures and i'm not just saying just read scripture and that does it sometimes that does if it's inspired but but share why is is one thing to, to to read it and the word of god is read and spoken laws but without the power, without the truth of, its, uh, uh, of, of what it says revealed, there's no understanding. And there, if there's no understanding of what it is, there's no hope in the promises written in it. And so listen carefully to the word of God and understand. And just don't quote it, but ex explain its truths. Share why it is important and what it is that gains you joy and hope. Do not underestimate encouragement. And how very important it is, do not underestimate it. There's just some who are spiritually gifted in encouragement, and some of us aren't. And I say some of us. I mean, I, I, it's, not, it's probably not one of my spiritual gifts, although I, I, I persevere and I push on because we're called to encourage one another. Some come naturally. Some it comes naturally too. But it doesn't negate the fact that we need to be encouragers to one another and push on. Pray for one another. Root one another on. Remind them of the promises of God and why we persevere, what it is we're longing for. It is out of love. It is out of love that we encourage, not just when someone thinks more highly of us because we're flat, flattering them. It's out of love because we're pushing them on towards a goal. It's always a goal, right? In Hebrews 10, the first passage we read, it talks about even more as you see the day approaching. Even more as you see the day approaching. That means, that means as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we wait for our eternal glory, we, we, we encourage one another, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's okay. It's, it, it's, it's good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Right now, you've got to endure for a while, but, but, but the blessings come in the morning. Blessings come in the morning. Practical encouragement for, for one another is that remember that we need to walk alongside of one another. It's not just, it's not just we, we're, we're heavily involved. You know, an example of that, and, and I can't talk about encouragement without talking about um, Barnabas. His name, his nickname is Barnabas, and it, and it means son of encouragement. And, and, and what, it, what, it, what it happened with Barnabas is... Um, is First of all, I just want to, I want to share a scripture with you, just a, a short excerpt on um, when Paul first got saved. Right? Paul was a persecutor. In case you don't know this, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Paul was a guy who just went after Christians with a vengeance. He didn't believe in them. He didn't think they were right. He went after them with a vengeance, right? And he, he, he hated them. And, and, you know, and, and so here, here Paul was a persecutor of, of Christians, and then... Um, miraculously, not that you can get saved any other way, but he he was saved. He he 
Jesus Christ revealed himself to Paul, and Paul was delivered from his sin and was saved and became a Christian. And so, listen to this. And when and so, the disciples probably were a little bit skeptical, okay? So listen to this. They were a little bit skeptical, not probably. Acts uh, chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. <laughs> Okay, this is Paul after he was persecuting them. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciples. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Barnabas comes alongside of him. The disciples were all against him. Barnabas comes alongside of him, and, and, he, and he kind of says, "Listen, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to take you. Not, I'm going to take you right to the apostles' feet. The, the disciples don't believe. You. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to explain to you, and I'm going to come alongside of you, and I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to encourage them to put to, to trust you because I know the fruit." I know that God has saved you, but I, I want to, you need somebody to come alongside of you. Have you ever needed someone to come alongside of you? Maybe not in this circumstance, but you needed somebody. Barnabas was a good guy to come alongside of people. You know, later on we read in, uh, that he, there was a division between Mark and Paul. <laughs> Mark went, took off on Paul. Paul didn't like it very much. He didn't trust him, so he didn't, he, they became separated. Barnabas was the one that was encouraging to Mark, and he went alongside of Mark. Uh, and, and came alongside of Mark, and Mark probably felt like guilty and shameful. And I believe that that's true because later on we see that Paul was, Mark was useful for Paul, Paul says. And so, so the relationship was somehow rekindled. I wonder if Barnabas had a part to play in that. You wonder that, right? You know, an encourager really thinks a lot about the relationships in the body of Christ. It really puts emphasis on the unity. We see um, uh, even in the scriptures, I, I can't go there, there's uh, places where um, the, the Gentiles and the Jews had struggles, right? The Gentiles and the Jews, I guess it's in Acts 15, 20, or 1 to 21, you can read about that in Galatians 2, 1 to 10. You can read about those, those accounts there. The Gentiles and the Jews had struggles with one another because they come from two different worlds, and the, now they are believers in Christ. But it was just like there was this like tension all the time, fighting against one another all the time, arguing against one another. So Paul brought Barnabas alone, and they uh, together worked with this group to try to bring them together. This is what Barnabas did. Now I want you to think about this. I want you to think about Paul for a minute, okay? I want you to think about how he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, how he was probably the greatest evangelist, arguably, of all time. And he was, God used him greatly. Today, we are still blessed by his writings. We, we grow because God used Paul's letters to help us be discipled and be more Christ-like. Over and over again, Paul's been used for the centuries. I heard one preacher say he, he wouldn't have realized that at the time, but he's been used greatly by the Lord. Think about that. 
When he first got saved, who was it that came alongside of him? Barnabas. How important is encouragement? It's that important. It's that important. That's how important it is. Now, um, Paul also, I, I just want to make a, a note here. Paul also um, encourages um, over and over again the idea of following true doctrine, following truth, right? There's an encouragement in that. We can be led astray so easily if we're not, if we're not focused upon Jesus Christ. The focus can easily, usually false doctrine will focus on you. <laughs> we'll make you the center, okay? We'll make you the center. I, I was just watching a documentary, and I encourage everyone to watch it, um, where that was, truth was spoken last night. Um, uh, go, uh, American Gospels called us on Netflix. Uh, worth the watch. I know it's been promoted on our webpage, but I, I, I promote... I promote it. I, I, it's really worth the watch. It's, it's really good, and you need to uh, you need to turn it on and check it out. You'll be blessed. I know I was. Um, so, anyways, the, the the side note here is why does it why does the scripture tell us why does Hebrews tell us um, to spur one another in love and good deeds? I just want to say what it's not. That's not saying that you're going to earn God's favor with your love and good deeds. That's not what that's about. Spurring one another on towards love and good deeds means that you need to reveal God's love to people, to one another. The spurring one another on to love and good deeds is a natural thing for a believer to practice. It's natural. It's not you don't do it to earn God's favor, but you do it because God has shown you favor. <laughs> You do it because God has changed you and he and desires it. That proves who you are in Christ. It calls you to a new life, a life that's not self-seeking, but serving one another, serving one another. This is not only the unity of the body of Christ, but our witness to the world. When we spur one another on in love and good deeds. There's another scripture here that I, that I believe that Paul was really trying to encourage people to push on with 1 Corinthians 9.24. 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in the race all the runners run, <laughs> but only one gets the prize? That's not saying that only one gets the prize in heaven. That's not what Paul's saying. Run in such a way to get that prize. Run in such a way. Keep going. This is the, the reason why I use that scripture is because it reminds me of that illustration I used at the beginning. You're running towards a goal. You're running towards a place. God, God has already won the battle. God has already won the war. But our perseverance in the faith means that we are winning our, our, our fight. We're winning our fight. I have not given up the fight. Paul says in, in his letter to Timothy, at the end of his life, towards his last letter, he says, listen, he says, I, I have fought the good fight. I push on. I fought the good fight. I've gone towards a prize. I've made it. I've made it to the end. That is the goal. That is the goal, to keep the faith to the end, to persevere. And we need one another to do that. We need one another, encourage one another to do that. At the end, there is a good and wonderful prize of eternity where there will be no more pain and no more suffering. There will be no more brokenness in this world. There will be no more sinfulness causing us to fall away. 
And if you are here, if you're here, you're not here, but if you're listening, if you're listening and you're just tuning in and you just, you really just don't quite get this all, this Christianity stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to try to explain it to you. And I pray to God that we'll just give you insight into this. You know, all this brokenness is because we have separated from a holy God. Sinfulness, sinfulness, that's what it means. It means rebellion against God. Maybe you've heard this before, but it's rebellion against God. That's what it means. That's why there's brokenness in the world. That's why, because we've gone away from the original purpose, what we were created for. That's why it's messiness. And that's why it's not getting better. It's getting worse, contrary to popular belief. And I, I mean, there's no time even to, 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 to understand that more than now. It's getting worse, right? And it's getting worse. And that's because it, it, it's slowly degrading. It's getting worse. And the, and the reason why God allows us to happen, or one of the reasons why God allows this to happen, is so you can see the results of turning away from him. <laughs> you can see what happens when we turn away from him. But God says, I want to give you some hope. I'm going to give you some hope. That I sent my son. This is how much I love you, God says. This is how much I love you. Are you listening? This is how much I love you. That I sent my son, my very own son, my sinless son, that I came to you in the flesh of my son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins, that you may have eternal life. That is why he came. That is why he died. That is the answer to the brokenness. We'll never get there. We'll never receive any hope in this world because it's going to continue and continue, continue. Even the brokenness of this world causes more brokenness. Even the, the racism in the in the in the brokenness of, of the things that, in, down south and everywhere in the world apparently all those things all they do is cause people to be divided all they do is cause people to be broken all they do is to cause more brokenness and, and and it's never going to end for this world our only hope is in the next when we trust in jesus christ as our lord and savior and the promise of eternal life that is where we are goal our goal is that is where we're going. That is our desire to stay in the path. And we need to encourage one another to go along. And I encourage you to, to, to come along and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, it is there where you'll find hope. It is there where you'll find peace. It is there where you'll find joy. It is there where you'll find the promises of God that are written in Scripture that you desperately need to know and that we need to be reminded of. Sharing the truth is, is the greatest experience that we can have. It is the greatest motivator. Think about it. Isn't love a great motivator? Isn't what you want to be loved? Isn't it? Well, God says, I love you. And this is how much I love you. <laughs> you can't see any greater love than that. There is no greater love than that, than Jesus Christ on the cross for you. We need it. It is fuel for our fire. As believers, we can be, feel down. We can feel sad, all of us, every single one of us, because we're still living in this fallen, broken world. But encouragement, reminding people of God's truth, is what keeps us going, perseverance. That's why we need it in the church. You know, that is so important in Scripture. Uh, a, a guy named Garrett Cal, in, in a... Uh, um, an article that he wrote says encouragement is so important in the church that God commands it. And he uses the references from first Thessalonians chapter four and five and Hebrews three and 13. And you can look those up on your own. 
don't have time to read all those things, but that God commands it. God commands it. That's how important it is. God encourages us, and he calls us to encourage one another. The church should be purposely sending out encouragers. Another scripture, one more scripture here, Colossians 4, 8 and 9. Um, the, in, chapter, in verse 7, which we probably don't have up there, verse 7, it's a Tychius, I think it is, or Tychicus, Tychicus, um, is who he's referring to. And he says, I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstance and that you may, that he may encourage your hearts. He's sending out somebody to the church. They may encourage their hearts. He's coming with uh, Onimus. On, on, I think that's, how you, that's probably not how you pronounce it, but anyways. Our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. So, so Paul is spe- specifically sending out people in the church to encourage the church. This is what we need to do, church. We need to encourage one another. Other churches need to encourage one another. Um, believers need to encourage one another. We need to come alongside of one another. We need to encourage the world to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We need encouragement. It's so important in this world. It's showing how we love one another. It's not artificial flattery. It's a purpose saying that we have a goal to reach. Now, isn't that something I'm missing the last page here, but that's okay. That must be God's way of saying you said enough. <laughs> so, the challenge for you, okay? Church, the challenge for you is pray to God and say, who can I encourage today? And make it your goal to encourage one person per day. Make it your goal. You know what you're doing? You're coming alongside of someone, and you're helping them persevere in the faith and you're helping them in their eternal walk with God and you're helping them in this fallen broken world and you're saying I got you brother I got you sister and I am here with you I'm here alongside of you let's go let's go because the eternal promises of God await us and this world is only temporary I encourage you to reach out to those who are in the world who do not know the hope that God offers us, that it's more than a religion, but there's a promise that their sins are paid for if they had only received that gift by God and that they can have eternal life as well. And God promises a relationship with them even now. It begins now. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the word of encouragement. Thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for brothers and sisters. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your love. God, you just you overwhelm us. You encourage us with your words of, your, of the scriptures that you speak to us, God. I pray that you'll continue to encourage us. You'll help us be a church that encourages one another. You'll help us be a people that encourages the world. I pray that those who are out there that may not, may not know you yet, that they would be encouraged to, to turn to you, to turn away from the direction they're going and put their faith and trust in your work done for them on the cross, that they may have a relationship with you and they may have eternal life. I pray, God, that you would do that. I pray that, um, Lord, that this, this message would... Uh, 
cause eternal results. God, I thank you in Jesus' name.